Welcome to episode four of Etc. Etc. with Young Southpaw. That's moi, me if you ain't got your French tongue on. Today's guests are Joe and Simon from the London band Desperate Journalist. I've been digging them since the beginning, man. And when they started, I was describing them as the perfect cross between the Smiths and Susie and the Banshees. Now, they've grown into their own sound over the course of their three albums, but I think if you like those two bands, you'll, you'll dig old Desperate JJ. Or I suppose I should just call them Desperate Journalist. I mean, that is their actual name. Now, their last album, In Search of the Miraculous, put me in mind of the book with the same name by the Russian mystic Ospensky, and I wanted to talk to them about that. So let's get to it. All right. So we're here this evening with Joe and Simon from Desperate Journalist. How y'all doing this evening? Great. We're good, thanks. Yes. Excellent. So uh, let's dive right into it. When I heard the title of your most recent album, In Search of the Miraculous, my first thought was, whoa, more Ospenskian nonsense, which is that line from the seance scene in Gravity's Rainbow by old Tommy P, you know? But then, then... I thought it was rather unfair of me to think that, because I'm a big fan of Ospensky, you know, old PDO, you know? I mean, all the things he has to write, like the fourth way, and, you know, he studied with Gurdjieff, you know, old G.I. Gurdjieff. I mean, the man's very initials spell out gig. I mean, how rock and roll is that, you know? Then, <laughs> like, I guess what I'm saying is that I then found out your title is not a reference to Ospensky. So tell me where it comes from, and was a seance actually involved? <laughs> uh, the seance wasn't involved, as far as I'm aware, um, at least not on my part. It, it, was, um, it, is, it is related to Ospensky, um, oh. in that the title is, is taken from um, an artwork by um, a conceptual artist called Bastian Arda, who uh, was very interested in the book, in search of the miraculous, um, and that inspired him to create this body of uh, performance artworks, which culminated in him sailing across the Atlantic Ocean in the smallest craft ever to do so. Um, and then he was lost at sea. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the the main inspiration. So it was it was sort of from that, but not directly. So Ospensky um, was involved, but there was no yeah. seance. I guess we could have a seance with Ospensky to get to the bottom of it but we i mean we, yeah. we don't really have time for that tonight i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> now now once you had the title in search of the miraculous were you tempted to just uh do a mike and the mechanics cover album <laughs> <laughs> well looking back no um no i don't think that was the first thought we had that's probably wise i mean i can't imagine something like that selling that well in this day and age yeah well now that it does it's okay it's okay but i mean the subtitle of that photograph those photos is one night in los angeles right i mean were you guys thinking about not not a whole album but maybe just you know covering one night in bangkok <laughs> I mean, it was written by Benny and Bjorn, you know, Abba. You guys got, you know, two men, two women in the band. Yeah, that's yeah. true. The Indie Abba. The Indie Abba. That's what they call us. <laughs> that's rad. You should play Indiapolis, you know, that city in Indiana. I might not be having that right. 
But like, you know, music and photographs. So like, has anyone ever taken a picture of music? I mean, can you like take a picture of a song? I mean, what would that even look like? Any ideas? I mean, has, has anyone ever done it? Like that's, I guess we should get to the bottom of that first. MTV. MTV. Yeah, you're oh. right. Mm. Wow. I never realized that. But, you know, there's, there's tons of songs about photography. You know, what, what do you think? What's your favorites? What about a flock of seagulls wishing I had oh. a photograph of you? Nice. That's a good one. Yeah. Photographic by Depeche Mode. Yeah, that's one of mine. Mm-hmm. Now, Depeche Mode, you know, they have photographic and, and their initials are, are DM, but you got Def Leppard had photograph came out a few years after that. Their initials are DL coming first alphabetically, you know? I mean, I was hoping y'all, being, being British, you could explain this to me. <laughs> well, Go on, son. We're DJ. That's even... Yeah, it's even sooner. Yeah. You guys won. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> we, we always win. <laughs> but all right. So once we got the album title sorted, now Desperate Journalist, the band name. Tell me where that comes from. The Cure did a version of uh, their song... Um, grinding halt on a John Peel session where they substituted the lyrics for snippets of a very unfavorable review of their first album, Three Imaginary Boys, by Paul Morley and The Enemy. Uh, And they called this version of the song Desperate Journalist in Ongoing Meaningful Review Situation. So we, uh, all liking The Cure, um, decided to use this obscurist reference that was also kind of a little bit sort of Baiting. But we didn't go for the full <laughs> no. sentence. Just yeah. Yeah. Now, could you even fit that on a, an album sleeve? Yeah. <laughs> it's the admin. <laughs> exactly. That's what it all boils down to. But I mean, there's that age old question. I, I think it might have even been around before the band themselves were even around. It just shows you how important it is. I mean, I've seen grown men rip out their own eyes rather than answer this question. So, I mean, I, I hope I hope you don't when I ask it to, you know, I mean, we'll probably have to put like a warning out for squeamish listeners at the beginning. I mean, unless you rip your own eyes out silently, but I mean, I'm hoping you don't do that. You know, I don't want that kind of reputation, you know, like Joan Jett, you know, but the question is. And it might be the, the ultimate question. It might be, you know, what you get asked when you die. You know, the one and only question to determine where your soul is going. It's a difficult query, which is, what's the best Cure album? Whoa. Right? Well. <laughs> Disintegration. Oh. Lots I actually, of no, I mean, I agree. I was hoping we could uh, at least... Although I do really like Wish. I really like Wish as well. Oh. Oh, oh. See, like, I've I've argued this at parties forever, like decades now, you know, like that Joy Division song. But, you know, let's not not get too distracted. But uh, Disintegration seems to be, you know, one of the most popular answers. The beginning, I was all about, like, faith or pornography. But I think I have come to settle on Head on the Door. I mean, you got Push. That's an amazing pop song. Yeah. That's yeah. probably my second choice at the moment. It's a good one. Excellent. Now, I mean, Robert Smith, he was in Susie of the Banshees for a bit. But don't you think he should have been in the Smiths? <laughs> <laughs> Would have been neater. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 
I mean, you got plenty of people with the last name is Smith. You got Marky Smith, Kendra Smith, Chad Smith, Patty Smith, Will Smith. I mean, if they all had a band, it would be rad. But I mean, what would you call it? The Jones? No. <laughs> I haven't thought this through. What would you call it? Oh, I don't know. The, the. <laughs> oh, I know. The Smiths. Oh. I like it. It's, it's, again, it's tidy. <laughs> so getting back to your band name. <laughs> Desperate journalist. It's got triple barreled each word. Mm-hmm. You got three and three. Six syllables total, but nice, evenly divided by three in the middle. By two to make three in the middle, I mean. I'm no mathematician. But, you know, it's like two triangles standing side by side. <laughs> you know, as we all know that the occult symbol for water is an upside-down triangle, you know, sometimes blue, and the symbol for fire is like a triangle facing up, like that New Order song, you know? I mean, these are ancient images. <laughs> I mean, was this part of your thinking when you named the band? Yes. Subconsciously, yes. I mean, it would have to be, right? Yeah. It'd be weird otherwise. Exactly. That's why I brought it up. <laughs> then you got that whole I in the triangle symbol, you know? I mean, there is actually a letter I in triangle, just like there's one in journalist, you know? Only one in the whole band name, you know, the I in the desperate journalist. I in the two triangles. I mean, I don't claim to understand it, but it sounds like a thing, you know? But I mean, you know, maybe some occultist more school than I might might know what's up. But I mean, Simon, aren't you from Birmingham? I am from Birmingham. That's where Black Sabbath are from. Are you like continuing on, like carrying on the occult torch passed on by the Sabs? In a way, it's very subtle. Not everyone realizes it, but in a way I am. I'm glad I'm onto it. You know, I, I try to be perceptive. And speaking of eyes, now, Simon, you're a very tall man. You know, one, <laughs> one who I've noticed wears a lot of eyeliner, you know? Yeah. You, you still doing that? Yeah. Cool. Now, I've been trying to learn to draw this year. It wasn't exactly a New Year's resolution. Not, nothing at all to do with your song or anything, but I, it's happening. I'm drawing, you know, I'm thinking about proportion. Do taller people have bigger eyes? <laughs> you know, to keep things proportional? I mean, have you ever measured your own eyes? <laughs> I've never measured. Do you want to now? <laughs> I won't measure them now. No, but not now. But you know, I would say know. that my eyes are proportional. Yeah, they're in proportion. Joe, have you measure, ever measured your own eyes? No, no. Whew. But I mean, my question, Simon, obviously is: Do you spend more on eyeliner than a person who's say like a foot shorter than you? Like whether they play bass or not. Um, I actually spend almost nothing on eyeliner because uh, they last so long. If you just uh, take care of them, you don't need to spend much money on them. So I've been worrying about this for nothing. Yeah. Man, the things you learn (laughs) in the rock and roll game. So both of you were born after David Lee Roth left Van Halen, right? Yep. When did you how do you think that has affected you? Oh. <laughs> uh, I mean, I think, you know, I'm always striving for that certain je ne sais quoi that is left in this barren world. Right. And maybe that's the reason 
maybe yeah, my, my constant yearning is something to do with that. I don't know. I've never really thought about it before, but you could be onto something. You could really feel that in your music, the constant yearning. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, we were talking about seances before, or at least I was. And, uh, you know, there's the possibility that you were around, you know, just in a past life. Have you ever, like, thought about having a seance, trying to get in touch with your former self to find out what it was like when David Lee Roth left Van Halen? <laughs> I think I would probably ask David himself. Ooh. Ooh. I like that. If that's possible. The past David Lee Roth. Do we have contact with David? <laughs> Somebody must make this happen. <laughs> But the thing is, too, like, if you were at a seance trying to get in touch with your past life, I mean, wouldn't you just be talking to yourself? I mean, I don't really know how these things work. Yeah. Right? It's confusing. <laughs> it is confusing. It's like some sort of infinite time loop started by David Lee Roth leaving Van Halen, you know? <laughs> All of us dealing with the emotional fallout. I mean, what, what's your favorite fallout boy song? I can only think of about one. Is, is, it, it da- is it Dance Dance? Is that a song? Is it? <laughs> I don't know Fallout Boy very well. Oh. I know Sure We're Going Down. That's a good one. That's a good one. And the- there were, yeah. They were a little bit after my emo time, sadly. So I think I only know that one and maybe a few others by hearing them, but I wouldn't be able to name them. You wouldn't want to karaoke them. I mean, I probably would. I mean, <laughs> but they're no My Chemical Romance. No. What's that? They're no My Chemical Romance. Oh, no. No, I thought you said Mike and the Mechanics, bringing it back to the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> Mike and the They're not Mike and the Mechanics either. No. <laughs> Mike and the Chemical Mechanics. Now, there's a band. That's something I could get involved in. Yeah, there's a lot. That's a lot. All right, so uh, I guess one of my final <laughs> questions is, if you had a time machine and you could go back to any musical moment in the history of the world, what would you like to go back and witness? Is this excluding Van Halen? No, I mean, if you want to bring it upon yourselves to be there when David Lee Roth <laughs> left, I mean, you might get a very powerful album out of that. I mean, personally, on Van Halen 2, they had a song called Beautiful Girls. But if you listen to, the, if you find the demos, they were, it was originally called Bring On The Girls. And one of the times I would like to go back to is when management had a conversation with them and said, guys, you, you can't call it that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. <sighs> um... What about the moment where Paul McCartney decided not to call that song Scrambled Eggs? <laughs> was, it, was it yesterday? Yeah. yeah. He wrote yesterday eggs. originally as Scrambled Eggs. I'd like to be inside Paul's brain when he actually realized that wasn't a good idea. Mm. That's a very poetic <laughs> answer because yesterday also implies time travel. I like that a lot. Yeah. Ah. Be it all fits. Hey, oh, God. He, after the Beatles, he had wings, you know? I mean, but, like, Beatles already have wings, you know? True. 
Maybe you just wanted to really focus on that particular part of the anatomy. Uh, yeah. So dialing yeah. down. Man, the man was on to something. At least one thing. Some things. Is that, that, that the right way of saying it? Yeah. So, Joe, how about you? Time traveling. Anything you want to see? I would like to be in the same room as the best music interview I've ever seen, which is the Jesus and Mary chain on Belgian TV. Yes. Uh, where they're refusing to answer basically any question, slagging off all other bands that they definitely liked. Such and as the Sex Pistols. Such as the Sex Pistols <laughs> and Joy Division. Uh, well, this poor Belgian boy is desperately trying to earnestly interview them. And then Bobby Gillespie is just ma- massively making out with a girl right next to them. I, I just like that, that awful atmosphere up close. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen that? I don't believe I have, but I will be looking that oh, up. You, know. you should. You should. It's quite something. <laughs> it ends with um, one of the Reed brothers just saying, my favorite color is gold and stomping out of the roof. <laughs> That's good. Huh. What a strange choice. <laughs> then they had that song, Almost Gold. Mm-hmm. What year was this interview? Must have been early with Bobby Gillespie. 80. 86. I don't know. Yeah. Could, maybe early. 85, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Is this what the Manics were talking about with gold against the soul? Is that where that comes from? Definitely. <laughs> I'm going to go with that. I thought I it was about the uh, internal struggles of Spandau Ballet <laughs> and their origins as soul boys. Oh, and uh, obviously they hit gold. I had no idea. Mm. A lot going on on that difficult second album. <laughs> <laughs> so what's coming up for you guys? I mean, we've, we've covered a lot of ground here today. We found out all the intricate mystical meanings of your name. How's that going to play out in 2020? Well, we're writing we're writing new stuff at the moment. Um, so hopefully we'll have something close to an album by the end of the year, um, which will now be imbued with many mystical meanings that I was hitherto on. Yeah. So thank you. Oh, you're very welcome. <laughs> Do you have a, a working title for the record? No, not yet. Not yet. It will reveal Early itself. days. Yeah. How, uh, when you're making a record, how, when does the title usually come along? Does it reveal itself you know, towards the end, or do you ever have one right at the beginning? You're like, whoa. Um, usually it's, okay. well, in the past, the first two albums, we spent ages after we'd recorded everything kind of arguing about what it was going to be called. <laughs> but um, the third album, it's sort of, all fit into place and I had the idea for the title a little bit before we were finished with no seance involved wow indeed yeah Mm. excellent so uh, is there anything coming up in the next couple months you want to plug we're playing in well we're playing Sheffield on the 1st of February and we're playing uh, a couple of dates in Belgium and Netherlands uh over the Easter weekend, um, but we don't have many gigs. It's mostly just uh, hibernating uh, for the winter. Yeah. Yeah. Like bears. Yeah. yeah. Very like bears. What's your favorite bear? 
What's what's the most vicious? <laughs> what's the most dangerous one? I'll go for the nearly extinct koala. Nice. It's got to be the polar for me. Excellent. <laughs> well, thank you very much, guys, for coming on the show. Thank you. Thanks. All right, that was a lot of fun. And I think we covered some some uncharted territory there. I'm going to play you out with what was my favorite song of 2019, Desperate Journalist's own Satellite, off their most recent album, In Search of the Miraculous, as we discussed. As usual, if you like the podcast, please rate and review it and all that jazz. Tell your friends, etc. And check out some more Young Southpaw stories at youngsouthpaw.com. And here's Desperate Journalist's Satellite.